So good. So good. Is it fall yet? No. Oh, goodness. We say, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Has school starts yet? No. How many is looking forward to that? Any students? Okay, to three. Well, I know you're going to school just this week, so that's cool. Well, okay. I, I love this time of year because you, you get these days that are smoking hot, and then you get other days where you think, okay, fall's close. It's close. I can feel it. So I, I'm excited. I, it's so good to see you all. I, um, I've been thinking about this a lot. We're, we are starting a series talking about being a Jesus follower. Do you guys know anybody who follows things? Like anybody, you can, you can tell they're a fan. There, there's a funny meme out there right now, and, and I don't know if any of you have picked up on this and noticed this, but a lot, of, a lot of old bands, like classic rock bands, now that might have hurt somebody's feelings in here because that was your era. I get it. Me too. But there's this thing about, like, a lot of young people are wearing these shirts. And the question is, do you know who that is? Do you know who's on your shirt? So let's just have a little fun with this. Um, I, I didn't do this, but... Uh, I was talking with his, these kids, and they were, this, um, this guy, he had, a, he had a Pink Floyd shirt on. And on the shirt, it had a prism with the light going through it. So you know what that was? Anybody know that album name? Dark Side of the Moon. That's right. Somebody's shouting it out proud. Good for you. So I, asked that kid, I did ask this kid. I'm like, hey, what, what is that album? And he looks like, what album? I'm like, I, that tells me all I need to know. Like, I didn't even, you know, it just don't matter. But it's cool looking. I get it. It's cool. But is he a follower of that band? No, no. Now, that happened to me, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Somebody gave me a Sun uh, Records TV t-shirt. They gave me a Sun Records t-shirt. And I had known that uh, Elvis recorded at Sun Records. But I didn't know much else about that. So I was actually getting my eyes checked. And the lady doing my, my the optometrist, she, the doctor, she said, oh, well, that's cool. So she starts naming all the artists who recorded at Sun Records. And I just kind of sat there kind of embarrassed because like, I didn't even know that. I'm wearing the shirt, and nobody knows. I didn't know all about it. Here's the thing, though. How do you know someone's a Jesus follower? Is there a certain shirt we wear? And someone say yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, she's got a shirt on that says, no, I'm not ashamed with a cross on it. Okay. All right. Well, that's pretty clear, I guess. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Anybody have a fish on their car anymore? We don't kind of do that anymore, right? <laughs> so here's the thing. How do you know someone's a Jesus follower? How do you know they're a real Jesus follower? I mean, like, like the real thing. Like, like, okay, well, you say you're a Jesus follower, but... So like even that whole band thing, you know, if, you, if you're wearing a certain shirt, do you really know what that is? It, whatever you're into, you know, I mean, and the thing is, what it, you know, I'm into a lot of things, but like this much. You know, and then you get around somebody like, that that's their world, and you're like, I'm not saying anything, because I don't know anything compared to this person, right? But are you a Jesus follower? How do you know? Because if we're honest, it's not about a shirt you wear necessarily. I mean, the shirt can give you a tip-off because no one else will wear that. No one will wear that shirt unless they're a Jesus follower, right? right? Christy's shirt has a cross that says, not ashamed. Probably nobody's not going to wear that if they're not a Christian. But, but how many people wear crosses, and does that mean they're really a Christian? And who are you to judge? Do you know? How would you know? How would you know if they're really a Christian? Now, and I can hear some of you talking back to me, and I, I appreciate what you're saying, but my point is, how, what, what determines when someone's really a Jesus follower and not? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? 
How do you know? Dr. Tony Evans, I, someone posted this, posted this um, on Instagram, said this. I hear people say, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And they're absolutely right. Salvation is through faith alone in Christ alone. But you don't have to go home to be married. But you stay away long enough and your relationship will be affected. Okay, that's true. Now, you all are in church, so it's not like you, you get that, right? And if you're watching us online, you are joining us for church. I get that. But do you see where he's going with that? Because you might think just going to church makes you a Christian. But again, if we're being honest, you could be here and not be a Christian, right? Just like you're in your garage, but you're not a car, right? Just being here doesn't make it that way. You grow up in church your whole life and never have a conversion experience where you are, have decided, yes, I'm following Jesus forever. The fact is, just certain things don't make it that way, but they do give us a clue. And the fact is, if you stay away long enough, it will affect your relationship. Just like a marriage. That is true. How about this? We know Jesus hung out with sinners, right? Here's the difference. He hung out with sinners. They changed and he did not. That's the difference. But who is this Jesus? Who is he? Who am I talking about? When I say Jesus follower, who is Jesus? When I say Jesus, who do you think of? Now that I said that, I thought of this goofy picture. Not goofy, but it's a traditional picture of Jesus. You know, the one knocking at the door. You know, I grew up in the kind of came of age in the late 70s. I always thought, why is that hippie on my, you know, that wasn't Jesus to me. Right. When I said Jesus follower, what came to your mind? Who was it that you thought of? Did you think of things he's done? Things he said? Did you think of maybe pictures that in your mind or some, some image? Did you think about him feeding 5,000 or maybe some of the other miracles he did? Walk on water. What did you think of? Did you think about his followers and maybe things that they have done in his name? Maybe how they've served people or, you know, you've got, you've got people like, like Hilda Bontain and Mark Bontain who, who took care of orphans and widows in India for ages. Did you think of somebody like that? Did you think maybe of your grandma who faithfully served Jesus her whole life and prays for you every day? Who did you think of? Because here's the question. Who gets to define who he is and who he was and what a Jesus follower looks like? Because our world today has a lot of ideas about what that should look like. And you have some people say that we don't even know anything about him for sure, that all we have are these writings that are super old and written by men and you can't even verify that they're true and what they say is you can't, even, you can't even really know the real Jesus from this book because basically what you have is people who wrote, they don't even believe it was written by the disciples themselves. They think somebody wrote it like hundreds of years later and they made this stuff up to make him look good. Now we got real evidence that says that's not true, but if people think that, they say a lot of things. And you know, you might think this. I mean, there, there may be somebody there saying, well, can anybody know what's right and true on this? I mean, can you know anything about anything? And we're all entitled to our own opinion, right? Aren't we? You ever heard that before? See somebody arguing and they're like, well, you're entitled to your own opinion. But did they think they're right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. Are you entitled to your own opinion? I guess that depends on who's controlling your, your voice. But how about this? You ever heard somebody say, it's a free country. You say what you want. That, that's questionable, I know. I get that. Did you hear about that guy in Britain who was arrested for... Uh, some, he had reposted a, a picture, I guess. I haven't seen a picture. The only thing that caught my eye is he was saying, why am I in coofs? 
<laughs> I just like coofs. What's he talking about? I was looking for something on his head or something like a hairdo or something. And he said coofs. He's in coofs. Well, he's in cuffs because he's because he reposted something in the and the the cop. You know the Bobby thing. He had the the hat on with the little checkerboard thing on his hat. And he said you posted something that made someone feel anxious. I thought, holy smokes, wow. But who decides what's true? Who is the fact checker? You know, we hear about fact checkers a lot, you know, political stuff and whatever. But, but seriously, though, aren't we all fact checkers to some degree or another? And isn't there fact checkers out there that basically are saying, this is the real Jesus, and if you're a Jesus follower, you act like this. Or if you don't act like this, you're not really a Jesus follower. There are people checking facts like that all the time. So my question to you is, who is that fact checker and who is doing it? And is there such a thing about truth that can be truth for everybody? And is there an expert witness on this is Jesus? I don't, we've probably all seen you know, TV shows where somebody's on trial and they might have an expert witness on this side and an expert witness on this side and maybe this is the defense expert witness and this is the prosecution and which witness do you believe? They're both experts. And then you don't know who's making all these judgments all the time. And does truth change or is there certain things that are true and they're always true? Does it change based on the situation? Let me ask you, is it okay to speed? I heard one person say no. How, mu- <laughs> How many of you speed? <laughs> Please. Can I do a salvation call right now? That'd be awesome. <laughs> we could just run those two things together. How fast is it okay to go over the speed limit? But it changes, right? Even in your own mind, even if you know, okay, like, I, I know it's wrong to speed. I'm trying to, trying to follow the law and the speed limit. But then there are situations you're like, well, this road is straight. And I can see, like, I can see all the way to you know, the East Coast on this road. There's nobody out here. If you speed a little bit, it changes, right? Or does it? Is it okay to text in your car? What if you're not driving? I mess with you right there, right? Because certain things are right and wrong. And they do change some things on the situation. But are there things that are always right and always wrong? <laughs> you sound very sure. Do they change with the culture? What if the culture doesn't know? And the best they know is to handle a situation a certain way. Then they find out later, wait, wait, that wasn't true. Actually, the world doesn't work that way and they change, right? So do we hold people responsible for how the culture was when they're swimming in the culture? I mean, the fact is we all swim in a certain environment. You know, it's... you've. I think about it all the time with like fish. I mean, that's kind of the obvious thing. They swim in an environment and, you know, you pull a fish out of the water, he's uncomfortable, right? (laughs) Flopping around, you're like, dude, if you would just sit still, I would get this hook out of your mouth, you'd be fine. But he doesn't know that, right? And if you were in the water, (laughs) you might be flopping around like that because you would be equally uncomfortable. So my point is that there are times when culture, to some degree, determines our ideas of what is right and wrong. But again, are there certain things that are always right, always wrong? Let's make it more uncomfortable. Is slavery always wrong? I think we'd all say yes. Then why has every culture on the planet had slavery? Why is that? What is it that man would do those things and yet we would say today, no, it's always wrong. Okay. What about harems and concubines? I'm sure you women are saying, polygamy? How about that? I'm sure the women are saying, why would I want two men? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Is it wrong to kill? How many movies do you enjoy that are all about revenge killing? 
How about vigilantes? Batman is my favorite superhero. He just is. Well, him and Spider-Man, but different. You know, I know it's DC and all that. I get that. He's just a vigilante, right? But he doesn't kill, right? Do you see what I'm saying here? Are there things that are always wrong? How about is there such a thing as a just killing? How about, how about in our criminal you know, justice system, capital punishment? How about, how about war? How about self-defense? I think what we would say is it's always wrong to kill innocent life. But then there's a lot in our community, in our world today, they, they've kind of changed, like abortion even, to re- reproductive rights, which kind of, like, there's so many times where we rename things to try to make them softer, you know. The thing is, the re- reproduction's happening. What you're really talking about is a right to kill, but there are exceptions people make. I get that. Curious about that, because sometimes I'd say, well, okay, if you were to make those allowances for rape and incest, let's say we did go with that, but then you would outlaw it every, every other place, and usually they say no then. But my question is, is there something right and wrong all the time? The, the question is this, and here's why I'm, I'm driving at here. If we're going to be Christ followers, followers of Jesus, you better make sure you're following Jesus right, right? Amen. And you got people telling you who he is and how he is. And what I'm trying to say is there are things, you know, if there are absolute things that are right and wrong, then there's an absolute who Jesus is and a right way to follow him. And I want to make sure I get it right. Is it wrong to lie? How come only like five people say yes? Can I trust the rest of y'all? Isn't that what it's about? Isn't that why God says not to lie? So I know when you say something, it's what you meant. I mean, lying is one of those things that it's so, I mean, it's part of our nature. And there's times where we shade the truth or we're, we're a little, sometimes we do it out of kindness, right? If I ask my wife, does this shirt make me look fat? You know what she's thinking inside? No, your fat makes you look fat, right? I'm just kidding. She wouldn't think that. <laughs> <laughs> she might, but she would say, no, oh, it looks good, right? right? If I'm someone's house and I, I see like some artwork on the wall and I say, man, that looks cool. I mean that. It looks cool for them, right? It's not like I want that in my house necessarily. We have different styles, right? Do you follow me here? So is it wrong to lie or not? Or not? It depends. I know you're thinking in your mind, well, it depends, pastor. There's times where it's okay, right? <laughs> is it okay for politicians for teachers for doctors you want your doctor to tell you the truth every single time do you want your children to tell you the truth and there's times where you know that they have not told you the truth because they're afraid of what you would do or I, I, I've had my kids not tell me something because they're afraid of what I would do in the situation to whoever or teachers or talk to somebody and there's times where we don't always do it even though we think it's right are all lies the same you know they're not. I mean, there are times where it's right or wrong. I mean, think the classic example is the, the Nazis going to the door and saying, are you hiding Jews? And so you're in a dilemma here. If I tell them the truth, they're going to kill these Jews, right? And that's wrong. So you have these greater good kind of arguments, and philosophically, we kind of deal with that. It's crazy. But again, let's get serious about this. Are all religions the same? Because if your religion is supposed to determine your eternal destiny, you better make sure it's true. You follow me? It matters. We're talking not just about life and death here, but we're talking about eternity. So if I'm right, I'm tr- I, I live, we lived in Minnesota for five years, and I can't tell you how many times we drove across the bridge on 35 going into Minneapolis. I mean, countless times, countless times. And about six months after we moved, that bridge collapsed. It's a big deal. 
It was right over, I think, the St. Croix River right there. Maybe it's the Mississippi. I can't remember. It's a long way down. And literally cars fall into the river. And, you know, it's Minnesota, so there's boats. There's, there's people out there. And there's, they're going and saving people. And you want to make sure, it's metaphorically speaking, the bridge to eternity you're on is stable, right? It better be true. You cannot play with that. But let's think about this. I've had people say, well, all religions are the same. Well, there, there is true thing. I mean, there is truth in that, right? There are similarities in religions. Think about this for a minute. All religions have a, have a creed. And typically, the people are religious about their religion, right? You ever seen a Sikh? People that Sikh religion? They wear the big turbans, they have cool, cool mustaches and beards. Usually carrying a, a knife and a short sword. And I saw one when I was overseas and. uh you know, I, I can't help myself. I just walked up and said, oh, you're Sikh. And he goes, yes. And so we had this really fun conversation. But, like, I, I totally knew who he was because he's following his religion by the way he's dressed. Kind of like wearing a cross and a not a shame shirt. They've got a creed. They have priests. They have people who lead their religion. They have disciplines that they practice and follow. They have a source of authority. But it doesn't end with religions if we're honest, Right? You've got environmentalist extremists. They have a religion, don't they? They have disciples who, re, who do all the stuff that it takes to keep the planet right. right. They've got their own priests, the scientists or whoever. They've got advocates. Atheists have the same thing. They have philosophers. They have people who are zealots and, and preach their religion. <laughs> but if you're making this about religion, and we are, we're talking about Jesus today. Is he the right guy? Here's the problem. Every religion, they have conflicting, listen carefully, conflicting, exclusive truth claims. They say, this is the way. This is the way. I want to know if it's the way. It better be right. So I could ask you some questions. Did Buddha really experience enlightenment under the Bodhi tree? Did Gabriel really appear to Muhammad? But really importantly, is Jesus God? Is he the son of God? Did he come to earth, preach, sacrificially die in our place, rise again, and coming back again? Is that true? I mean true, like true, and there's no, I'm not talking about like mostly true. Is it true? And and to be honest with you, you can't say religions are the same because they don't believe that. And everything we believe is based on that. If that is not true, Paul said that we are to be pitied more than anybody else because we are wasting our time. If that is not true, then we are not going to heaven that way. That bridge will not take you there. It will crash in the river. It's a long way down too. People lived through that. I mean, literally fall in their cars all the way down. Mm. Either he rose or he didn't. You get this? Like, are you pregnant? I like to mess with guys. I'm like, is this the first time you've been pregnant? And they'd be like, wait a minute. Uh, either you are or you're not, right? Either he did this and it's true or it's not. And if it's not, then we, we might as well close shop and turn this building into something else. Because it, if it's true, it's everything. If it's not, then it's not. Hmm. And it's not like, you, you can't, there's no middle ground here. It's not like saying someone's tall. Now, we have some tall people in here, but you probably run into taller people, right? I mean, tall is relative. Like, 
I feel tall until I'm around Andy. Man, Andy's taller, right? It's hot outside, right? When I was a little kid, we lived in the Philippines for a while, and we made a trip to Alaska. Well, you may not be aware of this, but you cannot buy a winter coat in the Philippines, at least not where we lived. They don't sell them. They don't sell them. I will never forget my mom. It was so funny. You know, I, I was a little kid, and my mom had the Sears catalog, and she said, pick you out a coat. I'm like, coat? For what? She said, we're going to Alaska. Well, guess what? We had some cool coats, and... Uh, Sears catalog, some, some of you guys are like, what's the Sears catalog? I get that. But some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Like you could, you could literally buy stuff and get it sent to you, just like Amazon, but it was in a book. Hmm. Yeah, it's like Amazon in a book. So we get to Alaska, guess what? They're in shorts and t-shirts. Why? Because it was summer for them. And you know what? 60 is a hot day for them in the summer. It's a different world. But that's what I'm talking about. This is not that. What I'm talking to you about today is everything. Eternity's forever. It matters. It matters more than anything else. Truth matters. And you better get it right. If you're going to say you're a Jesus follower, you better be following him right. C.S. Lewis said it this way. Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Right? Mm. It's funny. Jesus is so popular in the world. Have you noticed that? People say things like, I like your Jesus. I just don't like his followers. You know what they're talking about? I mean, they're just saying that some of us don't do it right, at least in not their world. But what happens a lot of times is they've redefined who he is. And the Jesus they're following isn't going to take him to heaven. I'm sorry. He's not. So what's true? Which traditions? Which churches? Which, which Christians? I mean, every, everybody loves Jesus. Have you noticed the impact he had on history, though? He didn't come to be like somebody moderate. He came and changed everything. He changed everything. I mean, his followers conquered the Roman Empire without lifting a sword. And they did that within just a couple hundred years. Everything changed. But they did that based on the love and the way they lived. They represented, they were Jesus followers in a way that was so radical that it changed the entire empire, changed everything. They turned, he, Jesus turned the idea of leadership upside down. Leadership, he said, in our world, a lot, most of the time is, is power over people and you tell people what to do. Jesus got down on his knee and washed his disciples' feet and he said, if you want to be the greatest of all, then you are the servant of all. Serving changes everything. Serving people and caring about them changes everything. He elevated others over self. He, he modeled everything that he did. He stood for justice in a way that nobody understood. He included women and, and, and everything he did. It was just an amazing thing. He took sin that used to, be, used to be about a rule book and he made it about the heart. I mean, the whole Bible used to be, they looked at it as a rule book. Like, how do I do this? If I do this, I can get here. I can do this and I can, I can be good enough for God. And he said, no, it's not about that. It's about you changing your heart. And so then what you do is the right thing because you want to. <laughs> anybody, well, I was going to say, has anybody robbed a bank? And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't ask that. But um, we already took the offering, right? No, I'm just kidding. All right. What if no one would know? 
You ever heard this before? Have you ever thought about it? I mean, we see these stories crop up every once in a while. An armored car, doors are open. I don't know how that happens. And money's flying out and people are grabbing money. And like, that's not your money, right? What do you do? Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, the desires of your heart will be also. If your treasure's you or selfish things, that's where your heart will be. But if your treasure is in him, then that changes everything. And as a Jesus follower, it's obvious because you stand out like you stand out. I almost said like a sore thumb, but you stand out in a way that that is obvious to everybody because you don't act like the world. You are different. The reason you're different is because your treasure is in a kingdom that is not here. Your treasure is in in people and having people know who Jesus is. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. What does our world do? They seek everything they need and don't care about others. He says, seek the kingdom, live righteously, then you will have what you need. The order is completely reversed. How about this? The golden rule. Do unto others Whatever you would like them to do to you, this is the, and then he says this, this is the essence of all the law. That had to bother some people because they like the law, right? They like rules. And he said, throw out the rules. Just treat people right and you'll do it right. Crazy. He says, you can enter the end. This is the next part that I want to get to. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is before it was a song. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. They choose that way. He's different. He's different. Following him is different. It's a different life. It's a life lived for others. It's a life lived for him. It's intentionally choosing righteousness, which means not choosing what we want to do. It's serving other people in a way that, is, that is, is change, will change empires. I want to read you this quote from C.S. Lewis. It's... It's a little long, but I think you can handle it. I want, you, I want to read this. It comes out of his book, Mere Christianity. He says this. I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. Talking about Jesus. Here's what they say. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says he's a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him. You can kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left us that option. He did not intend to. Jesus was born into a ferocious monotheistic culture, and yet he claimed to be God. They knew what he was saying when he claimed to be God. He claimed to forgive sin. Only God can do that. He, he did miracles right in front of them, and he credited God's power with it. He judged people. He judged the religious establishment. So was he a liar? He didn't sound like a liar. Eyewitness accounts, and at least 10 of the hostile witnesses that recorded things about him, Greek, Roman, you know, outside the Bible, they recorded he did good things everywhere he went. He did miracles. He was kind. He taught the people. 
challenged the status quo. He challenged people to living higher, higher, higher. Is he crazy? It doesn't look crazy. So the implications are ginormous. Was he the Lord? You have to decide that. Pastor Nick, when Jesus said this, I guarantee you, people in the crowd just gasped. John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I I think that's even gasp-worthy in our culture today. That's offensive. You know why? Because that's narrow, right? It's exclusive, right? I want you to notice something in that. He didn't say, follow my teachings because it'll point you to the way. He said, I am the way. He's the way. It's a relationship with him. Yes, follow his teachings, but once you have a relationship with him, following his teachings comes more natural because he starts changing us into a person that, that is like him. He does that on the inside. He, he does something. It's crazy. The more you want to follow him, the more you're like him. Is it narrow? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I know for some people it grates on them. And I say this a lot, but I, I, I say it on purpose. Everything goes back to the garden. If you think about it, Adam and Eve had a choice to follow and trust God or not. And the enemy came to them and said, did he say, did God really say? Got him to doubt God. So when Jesus says, I am the way, is it too narrow? It's narrow. But just like I mentioned in the beginning of the sermon, every faith is narrow. (laughs) It's true. Here's the thing. Listen to this for a second. If it's true, then you have to follow. You have to decide to follow. And he will change you from the inside out, up, down. And it's one of those things we have to choose to follow every day. I know there's Christ followers in this room. You've been following Christ, some of you, longer than I've been alive. And the fact is, I've been following him a long time too. And the fact is, every day I get up, I'm like, God, I want to follow you closer. Because yesterday I, I, I messed up here and I, I didn't do this right. And my attitudes were changed. And I, I need to be closer and closer. I don't care. It does, my point is, it doesn't matter where you are in this process. Maybe you're new to it or maybe you're just considering it. But the fact is, we are, as Christ followers, we're following him every day. Because I want to be such a true Christ follower. I want to be able to wear the shirt and know every song on the album. I want to know I want to know him. I want to know the artist. I want to know the person who designed all of that. I want to know him in such a way that my life, I don't even have to think about it, but I live for him in a way that comes natural because he's changed me from the inside out. If it's true, we're also compelled to tell people. To tell people. There's a famous atheist once who said, I actually respect Christians who come up and tell me about Jesus. I respect it because if it's true, how could you not tell people? How could you not tell people? If it's true, how could you? it'd be like this. If the room's on fire and I know where the exit is, I'm going to tell you. Sorry if it hurts your feelings. This happened yesterday. Or, yeah, well, this girl came out the bathroom. She had a little tissue on her heel. I saw her come out and I thought, oh, that's going to be embarrassing. And then I thought, well, should I tell her? And I thought, well, if I tell her, right? It's awkward. Like you just came out the bathroom and there's tissue on your shoe. And this guy sitting, he was behind her waiting to get seated. And he's like, hey, lady, you got tissue on your shoe? She didn't understand him at first. So then he had to say it louder. Then everybody's listening. Then she was embarrassed. And she, you know, ripped it off and threw it down. And, like, and he's like, why, why are you mad at me? 
You probably never thought that'd be an example you'd hear about telling people about Jesus, but... You know people that got tissue on their shoes. And they need him bad. And it's so much easier sometimes just to sit back and like, oh, she'll figure it out. I honestly thought, I thought through all this, you know how you do in a split second. I thought through like, oh, she's going to be so embarrassed. And then she's going to walk through the whole restaurant like this. She's going to get to her table and somebody in her family is going to be like, oh, you walked through the whole, you know, right? But what we're talking about is way more important than that. It's not just an awkward conversation. It's not just an, a little embarrassment. We're talking about eternity. I want you to shut your eyes for a minute. This message is for two people. And what I mean is people who have not chosen and those of us who've chosen. If this is something that you want to choose and you want to follow him, you want to give him a chance and see what this is like. One of the disciples came to him and said, Jesus, they're, they're, they hadn't quite followed him yet. And they said, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and see. Come and see. He invites you today to come and see. With your head's bowed, I'm just curious if anybody in here would want to take that invitation and start this journey of life with Jesus. You want to start following. You might not be ready to wear the shirt, but you're thinking about it. And you want to start. Anybody at all. just want to give you a chance to raise your hand real quick and we'll pray with you. Anybody like that? For the rest of us, I want you to think about this for a second. I know there's a lot of reasons people don't share their faith. I know. It's way more than toilet paper in your shoe, I know. But I know that there's times where maybe you don't know what to say or maybe you feel like you don't want to ruin a relationship. I get that. I'm going to challenge you to do something, though, as we get ready to leave here. You know how important this is. You know the eternal destination matters. You know that. And I'm assuming you guys have chosen that. So I'm, I'm not asking you to go preach sermons. I'm not even asking you to, um, to necessarily tell everybody. But what I'm asking is for you to at least say something. Plant a seed. Ask a question. Offer an explanation. Most people aren't looking for a sermon, to be honest with you. They're looking for someone to care about them, to love them, and you love them and you care about them. And just pray for an opportunity to talk to a person and share Christ. So here's my question for the rest of you all. If, as I've been talking, you felt compelled and you think, I need to talk to somebody. Maybe there's somebody you know exactly who. I want to pray with you for that. Anybody like that? You know somebody you need to talk to, and you just want us to pray that God will help you to do it. I see the hand. I see all those hands. I appreciate it. So again, I'm not asking you to preach a sermon. What I'm asking you to do is just plant a seed, simple, and then let God do the rest, and he will continue to work, and we will see changes. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray for those, and I want to invite also those who are prepared to pray for people here at the front. We always want to give time for if you need prayer for whatever, if you need prayer for a physical need, an emotional need, spiritual need, family, whatever. And you don't always, I think some people, uh, maybe you're worried or you don't, you don't have to tell every detail. Sometimes I've had people come up and just say, I just need you to pray for me. And then, you know, I just pray for them. So whatever you need, we want to pray for you. So I'm going to pray for us. If you need something, I want to encourage you right now, come on out and we will pray. And then I'll close the service in just a second. Father, I lift up those who have raised their hand today that, that are struggling with something, that they, 
they know that they need to say something to somebody. For many of us, we know exactly who that is. And I pray, God, that you would, you would create an opportunity, the right time, the right place, the right words, and that you would help us to say the right thing. God, I pray then that your Holy Spirit would do the rest of that work, that you would work on their heart and mind, that you would help melt whatever walls have been placed up that have maybe come between them and a decision for you. God, I pray you would give us boldness and opportunities. I pray that in Jesus' name. If you need prayer for anything, I just want to encourage you to come, and we'll spend some time and pray with you, and then I'll close the service in just a minute.
Let me just close this in prayer. God, thank you so much. I just pray you continue to move in these situations we've been praying for up front here. God, that you would set up incredible opportunities for us to share with people the right words, right time, wisdom, discernment. In Jesus' name, amen.